Good morning and welcome to Morning Meditations, a five to ten minute meditation to get you thinking about what God might have for you in this new day. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Cook, so we hope you'll enjoy your meditation for this morning. Good morning, this is Pastor Nate, and this is your morning meditation for Wednesday, April the 22nd, 2020. Today we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 8. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 8, it's pointing back to a passage in Jeremiah. So Jeremiah 31 will be part of this. Um, but the book of Hebrews really is kind of this this book that's written to a Jewish audience and it's kind of helping them understand what Jesus, how Jesus fits into their understanding of kind of the old sacrificial covenant, the old covenant in the Old Testament. So Jesus now becomes both the high priest and the sacrifice. And this passage is going to talk a little bit about those two covenants. So you'll know what it's talking about when you hear it. But here's what it says, Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7, and we'll go all the way through verse 13 today. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with people and said, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete is aging and will soon disappear. So that is talking about this new covenant in Jesus Christ. And, and I don't like that, that word obsolete. It kind of bothers me a little bit there at the end. Because even Jesus said he didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. So the idea here is the old covenant is fading and the new covenant of resurrection life in Jesus Christ is taking root. And it's becoming the way now that we approach God. So this Hebrew audience would understand now that, that instead of offering bulls and rams as sacrifices, they're going to offer up themselves. Their hearts will be this new kind of sacrifice. Uh, it will be the thing that we offer to God. And God, through Jesus Christ, has uh, paid the way for our salvation, paved the way, has created, uh, sprinkled his own blood on the altar to create a new and living covenant for us. So this is kind of the idea in this passage in Hebrews. But what I want to get to is this idea that the prophets like Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they began to see that in the days after the Messiah would come, that, that God would write his laws on the hearts of the people and people would know God kind of instinctively. And we see that in the early church, 
The Holy Spirit is poured out upon the church. And so it's the Holy Spirit that guides and teaches and corrects and rebukes. And so people, uh, through the Spirit of God living in them, become come to know God more and more. And so Henry now is getting into that in this little meditation about prayer. And, and he talks about this idea um, that we that God lives in us. And really prayer is about connecting and cooperating to that God that's already present. So I want to read this. Uh, this practice of contemplative prayer is the discipline by which we begin to see the living God dwelling in our own hearts. Careful attentiveness to the one with the capital O who makes his home in the privileged sin of our being gradually leads to recognition. As we come to know and love the Father of our hearts, we give ourselves over to this incredible presence, with a capital P, with, who takes possession of all our senses. By the discipline of prayer, we are awakened and open to the God within who enters into our heartbeat and our breathing, into our thoughts and emotions, our hearing, our seeing, our touching and tasting. It's by being awake to this God that we find his presence in the world around us. So in other words, as we begin to listen to the Lord in prayer and not always do the talking, as we begin to practice, like we said yesterday, silence, as we begin to um, let our minds kind of declutter, like we talked about with that, that jar of dirt that, that settles as we allow the clarity to come, what we see is that we begin to know this God who is speaking in our hearts. Jesus comes and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is within you or among you. It's here. It's now. You can have access to it. And this is what the prophets have prophesied. But it takes us having our eyes open, having our ears alert, and so a lot of that is pulling away from all the distractions, sitting with God in prayer, learning to be silent, learning to read the word meditatively, where we're not just chewing up lots of scripture to get through the Bible in a year, but where we're listening slowly and carefully. And so it takes those kinds of slow, patient practices for us to really begin to hear that voice of God that is within us speaking to us all the time. It goes on to say it's only by being awake to this God that we find his presence in the world around us. So once we encounter God interiorly within ourselves as we're praying, then we begin to see God everywhere. Here we again are again in front of the secret. It's not that we see God in the world, but it's that the God in us, God with us, recognizes God in the world. God speaks to God, spirit speaks to spirit, heart speaks to heart. Contemplation, therefore, is participating in the divine self-recognition. The divine spirit alive in us makes our world transparent for us and opens our eyes to the presence of the divine spirit in all that surrounds us. It is within our heart of hearts that we see the heart of the world. So in other words, as the spirit of God works in our hearts, we begin to see God moving everywhere we look. We see it in nature. We see it in the relationships that we have. We see it in other human beings who are created in the image of God. So he's saying the spirit in us recognizes God in the world. If you wonder why it's hard sometimes to see what God is doing in the world, a question to ask is, is God at work 
in my spirit? Am I opening enough space and creating space to listen to God so that I can recognize God in the world as I'm out and about? And the ultimate goal is that we would then, as we begin to recognize God, we would see God everywhere in everything. We would see God in in that new bloom that comes on the tree in the spring. We would see God as we're sitting with our family and we realize the depth and quality of relationship. We would even, Jesus says, if you want to push it to the extreme, we would see God's image in our enemy. And that's when we know that God's love has really begun to take deep root in our heart. When we can look at our enemy and even see that person as created in the image of God. Henry Nouwen says it all starts with prayer. It all starts with silence, solitude, listening, tuning into who God is, reading the word, meditating on it, and praying that God would transform our hearts so they beat like his heart. Hey, that's just a thought for this morning, and I hope you have a great day. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation. Hey, do us a favor. Rate us on iTunes or even leave some feedback about our podcast so that other listeners can know how much you enjoy your morning meditations. Hey, have a great day.